0: As a very good friend of mine said to me recently, "Music is the conscience of society." So, what better way to speak for women than women in music? Providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee. This is powered by her, with Tiffany Anton. Welcome to Power by Her.
1: I am Tiffany. Founder. If you want to know more about Powered by Her, you can head over to poweredbyhercommunity.com. Today, I have Jill Stallnaker in. Hi, Jill. Hello. I feel like this has been like a long time in the making. Um, you are just super entrepreneurial minded. You have such a heart for business and all, all that goes into it. And so we've kind of talked about different topics, different things um, over the years, and I just, this is the right time. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have you here today. So Jill is the founder of Ripple, which is a music social media app that you've been working on developing over the past couple of years. You are the director of the Nashville chapter of Singer Chick Singer Night, and you are the founder of Leaning Tree Agency. As well as a mom to five children and all the volunteer things that you do. And so there's just a lot that you do.
0: Yes. Single mom, I yes. might add. Single mom.
1: <laughs> uh, Single mom club united. Yeah. Um, and so tell me a little bit about your passion and heart of just because everything that I just mentioned job wise, work wise is in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And so tell me where this passion for music has come from within you.
0: Yeah, uh, I am a musician, so that's where it came from originally. Um, I grew up playing piano. Um, I I got a scholarship for piano performance that I actually did not want. I hid the, I didn't even know I was trying out for it. So I got this letter, like, you got a scholarship. And, to Tennessee uh, Tech? Yes. And I hid it from my parents, <laughs> <laughs> for, like, two weeks, and then they were like, "You're this is free tuition. You have to do this. And we, we had this little deal. I went for, like, a year, and I actually did really enjoy it. But I didn't – I've never really wanted to, you know, put my music out there or – I was mean, just it's not me. Um, but when I was younger, like, tw- I think 12, I started writing little, like, piano songs, just the music, and it always made people cry, like just these little melodies. And I was, I don't know, I didn't really think about it at the time. But uh, kind of fast forward. So I, I got married young. I had five kids. And all of my like creativity went into being a mother. So, and you
1: were homeschooling, so you were yes. kind of in that world.
0: Oh, yep, I was like a all-in stay-at-home mom. Homeschooling, um I learned to, like, sew and knit and cook. And I, I, creativity runs really heavy in my family. Um, we have authors and painters and, you know, philosophers. Like, just that's how we're wired. Um, so I've always kind of needed my own personal outlet for that. Um, and then when I was 30, um, I got a little singer-songwriter guitar. I didn't have a piano at the time. Um, and honestly, I, I missed it, but not a ton. Like, I definitely was fulfilled doing all the mom things. But eventually, when I stopped having kids, um, I missed it. And so I got this guitar and learned to play a few chords, but was quickly frustrated because, I mean, I couldn't play it like I could play the piano. But it was a blessing in disguise. I, I realized that I could write lyrics. And I started, it's like something opened up in me and I started writing lyrics to compensate for like not really being very good at the guitar and and that's that's how it all started I mean I I literally and you'll hear this from a lot of songwriters um I would like wake up in the middle of the night with an entire song and you're just like oh my gosh I got to write this down this is this is amazing you know sometimes it's amazing sometimes it's not but um but the point is um I don't know. I just started writing like crazy. So that's how it got started.
1: Well, and I think sometimes when you are, um, you're really passionate about songwriting or, um, making music, you think that's the way into the music industry. And I need to take these songs. I need to find a producer. I need to find a band that's going to sing these. Cause like you said, you're not really, you, you don't need to be the one on stage. You don't need to be, have the spotlight on you. You like the writing aspect. Um, But you found that there was another facet to support the music industry um, that that didn't put you that didn't necessarily even have to have your name on a record label, you know. And so how how did you kind of find the support area of the music industry that kind of fit who Jill is and kind of fit your personality and what you wanted to do? How did you kind of stumble into that
0: yeah um well and and yeah my personality is I'm a helper I'm an advocate and I'm a supporter like that's who I am and if I if I'm not doing something like that I'm pretty miserable so um so it kind of came about in two ways and I honestly don't remember which one was first I went out out to Wildwood Resort and Marina um because my sister-in-law told me that there was a singer-songwriter night out there and I had okay I guess the the very first thing was when I started writing music I I sent the one friend literally I knew one person in the music industry and I was like I'm gonna see what she thinks of this and it was scary and I sent her some lyrics and I think probably some little recordings or something and she said, these are pretty good, you know, like, she didn't say they were terrible, and I was like, okay, and I think any decent musician, like, you, you know your stuff's not horrible, but I, I just needed feedback from another musician, so, um, and I'll come back to her later, but that kind of got me, you know, feeling validated, I guess, Um, so... So then, uh, my sister-in-law told me about this singer-songwriter night out at uh, the Wildwood Resort. And at the time, Wildwood was this teeny tiny little marina. Um, it, it had just been purchased by John and Natasha Dean. And I didn't believe her. I was like, Ah, there can't really be hit songwriters out in Granville, Tennessee. And I, but I went once. I think it was in May, several years ago. And sure enough, there were hit songwriters. They were, they were singing songs that they had written for like Tim McGraw, Martina McBride, Rascal Flatts, like all the people that I grew up on. And I could not believe it. So I think I just kind of kept to myself the first time. And then I went back the next month. And I just was so excited about it. And I think that kind of was obvious. And so I found- Were you going
1: out there just to kind of get a feel of the, the layout? Or you were, you were taking your music out there?
0: I, oh no, I was not taking my music out there. No. Um, again, I am not the one on the stage with my music. Um, no, I was, I I don't honestly know. I think something in me was just like, I want to touch music and I, I didn't want to touch it as a performer. So I just kind of followed this like instinct. um, so I, I found Natasha, Dean. She looked in charge. That's literally I was like, she looks like maybe she's the owner. <laughs> so I walked up to her I was like, hey, like, this is amazing what y'all are doing here And we kind of got talking and I think they could just see the excitement on my face and I asked them like, who are, who are you promoting this to? like where you know because I hadn't heard about it. Um, so long story short, um, I kind of got them connected to a few folks in Cookville. Because um, they were from Nashville. And I was like, oh, Cookville's definitely like your closest, you know, bigger. Hub m- of area, yeah, yeah, market. And, um, and then they said, would you like to book some music for us? Like maybe we could try that out. And I had never, ever done anything in the music business. And I did the head nod. I th- a lot of entrepreneurs talk about this, where you just nod your head like, yes, I can do that. And you've never done it. Yeah. But you just act like you have. Fake it till you make it. Fake it, it till you make it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, show that's how that got started, and then
1: so Leaning Tree Agency was born out of just kind of your passion of, I I I sense there's something going on here, um, and I want to be in, involved.
0: Yeah, that so so there's two parts. So that was the first part, and I just kind of started following that hunch, and it was kind of cool to get paid a little bit to like book music, you know, and and I definitely have always trusted my own ear, like I could tell who was good and who wasn't you know great or whatever I feel bad saying that but I mean you know there's a standard Uh um and then the second part was that original friend that I was talking about a few minutes ago Jacqueline um Jacqueline Brown she hosted a show at the Bluebird Cafe called Chick Singer Night and she's heavily in music
1: which for those people who don't understand what the Bluebird Cafe is
0: yeah. I mean, it, it's like it's, the place in
1: Nashville. Yeah. It's where people get discovered. I think Garth Brooks was maybe discovered there. It's, uh, it's, Faith
0: Hill. Yeah. Like so many people. It's the place. It is the place. And it's, yeah, it's definitely an icon. And it's um, on every songwriter's bucket list. Uh-huh. And it's very hard to get in to play it because there's such a long waiting list. So um, so Jacqueline um, had kind of started mentoring me as a songwriter. And about a year and a half, two years in, she asked me if I wanted to play Chick Singer Night at the Bluebird Cafe. And, of course, I said yes. I didn't actually want to perform, but I wasn't going to say no. I'm like, well, yes, I will. Um, And it was fun. I mean, it went great. But the next thing that happened was what really I think was my final, like, I have got to be part of this business. Um, She had me – she had moved from Nashville – I don't know, not not too long ago, it was a few years ago, but she couldn't make it back down to host one of her shows at the Bluebird Cafe. And she was like, would you want to host the show for me? And you can pick out the artists, you can put it together. And I was like, yeah, that would be great. And I had a little bit of experience at that time with Wildwood and a couple other places. So um, I put the show together. It was super fun, like just going out and finding artists. And curating the show. I don't even think I knew I was doing it at the time, but looking back, I like to curate shows, like kind of build from the beginning of the show to the end and, you know, put like the right genres together and stuff like that, Um, and the right people with different stories and things. Um, But anyway, I, I stood on that stage hosting this show, and that was definitely my moment where I was like, this is the business for me. This was so much fun.
1: Well, I think that that's interesting you know with people in their journeys of entrepreneurship sometimes it's like it's not the most obvious thing that's standing there right in front of your face in the music industry you know what's what's the obvious thing to be involved with is to write music take it to producers to sing to play an instrument that's the obvious thing um but kind of that supporting business aspect is it it, those those wouldn't have fit your soul and really trying to kind of tap into what does entrepreneurship look for like for me, in a way that fits my personality, my life, my everything. Um, and you kind of were able to to tap into that.
0: Yeah, and um, being at the Biz Foundry and just like you know, especially after the divorce, like really going headlong into business, um, I definitely have learned through Leaning Tree, Chick Singer Night, Ripple, like it really is. It, the business basics are kind of all the same, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think oftentimes the passion part come, it comes first Well, and and you and just jump in. And
1: for you, it's, you're really interesting as an entrepreneur because y- yes, you love music, but you really love
0: business. <laughs> I love business. Yes. You, for me, it's all about people. Like it, that I think that's the thing I like a challenge like I just can't do anything halfway it's it, I can't you yeah. know and so that aspect is really fun um I'm like a super big picture thinker which is good and bad um, but I'm trying to make it work for me but just the people like business is people money is people it's all just exchanging you well know. and
1: I think you've gone through some some iterations of of really trying to figure out where are you best able to help people? Because I know you really deep, deep, deep down have this passion of just wanting to do the best for everyone. Mm -hmm. And you've gone um, into trying to help some other businesses of saying, "Well, I'm kind of representing, you know, maybe this food truck kind of thing. And it's like, I think eventually you kind of thought this isn't really the like this it's, it's hard to stay on the same path you're on and really focus uh, on what, what you're really best at.
0: Yeah. And I think to anyone who's built a business knows, you know, when you're in like financially tight times or your time is completely maxed out and you're, putting time and energy and money into something and, and really the definition of entrepreneurship is that you're taking a much bigger risk than most other people are willing to take and so you kind of get to this wall often and you're like do I love what I'm doing is it worth it but it also forces you into your niche because you have limited time and I think too I mean I've only built my own business so I can't speak for anyone else but if I had to guess like it's very difficult when you get to the point where you are So busy that you can't keep up, but you can't quite hire anybody yet either. And so, and even then you may have five people and you really need 10 people. Like there's always so much to do, but it forces you into like, what exactly are you good at? And I definitely did that with Leaning Tree. Cause yeah, I would like, I managed some people. I just, And I think I kind of, I come across as like such an excited advocate Mm -hmm. that people are like sell sponsorships for me and represent me and all this stuff. And I used to say like, okay, sure, I'll try it. But I definitely know my niche and it's booking. I mean, because there's so many sides to the music industry, but my niche is, you know, if you need music for an event or just for anything, I will find you the very, very best music at the right price. And then on the flip side... I represent artists, and there's a development aspect to that that I really enjoy. It's very challenging, but to kind of take an artist from like, you know, a certain rate and work their rates up, it's very, it takes a lot of strategy, a lot of trying things, throwing things at the wall, um, and, and obviously knowing people, but I enjoy... I enjoy that. And so those two things are definitely my niche.
1: Well, and we've talked about this before of um, just trying to change the culture of what it's like Um, in the music industry. Sometimes people think, well, they're just starving artists. It's okay. I'm very close with um, somebody who will be at the next Chicks Singer Night. Um, And she is very, um, I, I didn't really think about the fact that all the hours that go into practicing or writing and, you know, yeah, the venue p- pays a little bit of money, but, um, the tips are really you're, you're paying, you're going to a concert and why wouldn't you honor the artist that you're going to? And so you've kind of been trying to work on che- changing that narrative, mm-hmm. um, through rural Tennessee, um, of there is more to this and, and live music is important and it, it really changes the, maybe the way your night might look. Um, when you go out to see live music and we should honor that and we should it, it's not bad to be paying these artists I think at first um, you know some of the restaurants you kind of had to cha- change that narrative to some of the mm-hmm. restaurants in town of like yeah you have to pay these people
0: well yeah and I think um, you know and, and I'm I mean I've always been pretty confident but at this point I'm I'm such an advocate for the arts like it's definitely a calling for me and the people in music business that's what we're here for is to put a paywall in front of an artist and say art is valuable you know Um, and that's honestly how it is in any industry I was thinking about this on the way over actually like one of the tricky things about any art form whether it's painting or music or anything is that you know you're not selling like a convenience factor like something we were just talking about before the show like you know, this isn't a necessarily a more convenient product. Like, art is so original. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's really up to the artists to surround themselves with the right people. And it's up to the people that are surrounding them to um, to advocate and, and to push, you know, like I was saying, push those rates up. And to um, change
1: the narrative of, yeah. of, you know, we don't have to be this... Starving artist community. We can value the things that are valuable. Yeah,
0: you don't have to be a starving artist, and you also don't have to be um, at the very top. It takes time to get there, and I think you can absolutely have a sustainable career in music, whether you quote make it to the top or not. I was just talking to a good friend of mine. I guess I won't say his name, but he's he's with a major label, and he's like on the rise and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's so, I was just having one of those days where I was like, it's so hard to get people to pay for art. And he was like, listen, before I was where I'm at now, I, you know, it's, this has been 10 to 15 years in the making. They call Nashville a 10 year town for a reason. It's pretty true. And, uh, and he said, people won't pay and then they will, and they'll keep paying. So you just have to kind of keep at it, um, And again, art's tricky because you don't want to lose the art aspect of what you're doing, the originality. But you also have to realize that you are kind of a little bit of a brand and a product, and you're a business
1: owner. You're a business owner. I've really tried to. um, I've tried to. I've had Lily, um, Beth, Kian, and we've talked about the fact that you know, running a band. She went full time. This is her job, Mm -hmm. and so there is a business aspect. And so when you're selling merchandise and you're selling CDs and and selling tickets, that that is you know, you wouldn't walk into Walmart and think that they should just give you their products for free.
0: Yeah, well, and and another thing that um I learned, I guess, being in a rural community, you just, you, you know, you learn by doing. But one thing I learned is, you know, the supply and demand aspect of it. I think a lot of um, local musicians, meaning local, like in any rural area, it's easy to, you know, just play the same place or the same few places over and over again, but you're hurting that supply and demand. You know, I I can definitely spot a business savvy artist when they're like, Hey, you know, um, can you book me at this certain place, but only do it, you know, two times this year because I don't want to hurt that supply and demand. And those, those very basic business concepts definitely apply to music.
1: Let's talk about chick singer night. Um, so why, What's the value of having specifically a female-led night? I mean, why why does it have to be that way?
0: Because um, we want it to. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't think it has to be that way. I think things just kind of happen for a reason. For me, you know, with my story of like five kids and going through a divorce and struggling as an entrepreneur, I more and more I just have such a heart for women especially I think if if you're a single mom like you really are faced with some difficulties in life and I'm at the point now where I've done a lot of healing and you know I can look back at younger women especially and I I just want to be like man you've got so much power in you and potential and you know and so again like I was saying earlier music is just one of the best ways for us to communicate like what is in our souls everyone's soul and personally I just think that artists are some of the bravest people like it's really hard to put yourself out there and they're putting out a lot of vulnerable stuff um well
1: and the music industry is heavily male it's heavily dominated by the males and so having a a set place where women can come together um, and and create an evening where it's just them with the spotlight on them. It's, it's kind of something magical, I'm, I'm guessing.
0: It's very magical. Yeah, it's very magical. And it's so fun because you see all these different like qualities in the women coming out because the, the Bluebird or any songwriter around like, you know, they talk about the song and why they wrote it and their story. And it's, do you remember
1: the, the um, show on VH1, Crossroads? Um, it, I, I do, think, but I
0: don't think I it, actually watched it. And
1: uh, Crossroads, and then sto- I think there was one called Storytellers or something like that, where it's just you get to see, like, artists in a different way, and you get to see kind of this more intimate
0: time with them. Yeah. Well, like the other day I was talking to my daughters because I play my song. I write like a lot and I do want to get some cuts at some point, but I'm kind of, I don't know, waiting for the right timing and stuff because they're so special to me. But I was talking to them about Chick Singer Night and I just I just found out that uh, the writer of possible it's I know it's been a number one I think it might still be at number one um in on country radio right now she's gonna play my August show and I was like oh my gosh I'm so excited so I was telling my girls and and they were excited but you know they weren't as excited as I was I think a lot of people who have kids that are like if the parents are in music yeah. the kids are just used to it but but um I was like, girls, oh, I know what it was. So they were like, well, the songwriter, like, is that really, they would rather see the singer, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, girls, like one of my songs, I won't name it, but there's a song that I sing a lot at home and they sing with me, they harmonize with me. And when I wrote it, I mean, I was hurting, you know, and it was, it was such um, a, a, a healing thing for me to write. And it's still healing every time I sing it. And I think about, like, if I were to get that cut someday, get it on radio, like, wouldn't I love to tell that story? You know, it's Uh so insanely personal. Uh And there's just something, it, it takes the song to a whole deeper level when you can hear the why behind it
1: mm-hmm. I mean I that's that that's what I really feel like with powered by her is having this platform where to talk to women and find out their why and find out okay you created a, a boutique what why why did that and I think kind of learning the heart behind where people are coming from um really kind of changes your thought process on, on working with those businesses or listening to those songs or or all those kind of things is kind of understanding where they come from kind of
0: shifts your perception well for sure I mean I think about like major brands of anything tennis shoes like sports I don't know drinks like there's usually a why behind brands that last Mm -hmm. and I think it's the same for a song that lasts or an artist that lasts through the you know George Strait like All the way, like, you know, there's because there's some come and go artists, but I think the ones that last definitely are pretty attached to their why.
1: So I love the fact that you're having this platform and you've become, you know, you were you had the opportunity to step into the director role for here in Nashville. And um, you've had maybe two, two or three nights so far because you do this
0: quarterly. Yeah, I've had two shows as the director and then I had two over the years just stepping in for Jacqueline
1: how do you feel kind of leading up to it? do you just it's like this is like a badass lady night kind yeah, of thing do you just feel like this is such a cool opportunity and um the, it's not always like you know huge 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 names but the the songwriters behind it and um just I'm sure it's just you're just amped up
0: yeah oh yeah well there's so many aspects of it that I love um I, I love the chase. That's like probably my favorite part of everything. So when I get a text, like I I just sent out a message to a hit song, big songwriter in Nashville today. And I'm like, Oh, I hope she wants to do the show, you know? And, um, so that's, that's super fun. And then, so it's fun to get the hit songwriters there, but then the way I try to do it is I try to have like one or two hit songwriters, but then invite undiscovered artists to play those rounds so they, you know, can make some connections and things like that. And just, I I don't think it's super common in Nashville to like have someone like me reach out and be like, hey, will you play my show? Most people are like submitting to play shows. And I do, I put things out like for them to send submissions in. But a lot of times I'll just find somebody say, hey, do you wanna play the Bluebird Cafe? And they're like, what? I even had one artist that was like, is this the one in Nashville on Hillsborough Pike? I was like, yeah, the one, you know? Yeah. So that is so fun to get to give in that way. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I'm having fun with the brand. Um, our, we have, we have a little like chick, um, like bird bird. Yeah. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. like, I'm having fun on socials with that. And then I'm always going to wear pink. Like I'm going all out. Like we are, chick we're all about the chicks and I mean at the last show like one of the artists had like um, super sparkly boots and yes so we have so much fun making it I love it so the next show is
1: May 11th Um, and so people can follow you on social media if they want to follow up there's um, another show in August and so um, the tickets go on sale online they sell out quickly within
0: minutes so the tickets um, and I think this is true for every show at the Bluebird the tickets go on sale Exactly one week before each show at eight o'clock in the morning, and they, I think, like all of them, sell out in minutes. Yeah, so it's hard to get in. So,
1: what else? Um, how can people find you and connect with you if they want to know more about you, or just if they're interested in the music industry?
0: Yeah. Um, well, just my personal page is Stalnaker Jill on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And then I have Leaning Tree Agency on Instagram and Facebook. And I have Chicksinger Night Nashville on Instagram and Facebook. And then my website is LeaningTreeAgency.com.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jill, for being here. I'm glad we finally were able to sit down Yay. and have a conversation. And hopefully people follow along on Chick Singer Night, um, Nashville, and just support the women in the arts and what they're doing and um, support live music here in Cookville and um, the surrounding area. I love what you're doing for Tennessee. Thanks so much. If you want to know more about Powered by Her, you can head over to Community.com.